This podcast is part of the Batman Universe Podcast Network, hosted by the BatmanUniverse.net. Check out everything related to Batman and the entire Bat family at the BatmanUniverse.net, including news and original content related to comics, movies, television, merchandise, video games, and more. Also, check out some of the other unique podcasts that TBU has to offer. Consider supporting this podcast by becoming a patron on Patreon. Even $1 can go a long way in supporting this content that you enjoy. Look for a link over at thebatmanuniverse.net to offer your support now. And now, on with the show. In 2008, a podcast was created with one goal. To bring Bat fans around the world news related to movies, comics, video games, television, merchandise, and so much more. And now, the Batman Universe Podcast has returned. Hello everyone, welcome to the latest episode of the TV podcast. We have another special episode this time around. Uh, this week we have an interview that Scott did with the writer of Batman Wayne Family Adventures, C.R.C. Payne. Um, if you are unfamiliar, uh, you sh- probably need to get out from under living underneath your rock uh, because the uh, Batman Wayne Family Adventures series that is currently on Webtoon is a great series that uh, gives a little bit more emotion and feeling and character growth uh, to the entire Bat family than we typically see in our monthly comics that we get. Um, The Webtoon is available, like I said, on the Webtoon app. Uh, Scott will talk a little bit more about it, but uh, if you haven't checked out uh, Batman Wayne Family Adventures, definitely do so. And then uh, we also have reviews that Ian and Steph put together in a unique format that's not like our typical comic reviews over on the website as well. So without further ado, let's throw it over to Scott for the latest interview from the Batman Universe. This is Scott with the Batman Universe podcast, and today we have an amazing episode for you. Joining me is CRC Payne, writer of the hit webtoon series Batman Wayne Family Adventures. Working alongside artist Starbite, Payne is currently penning season two of the series. As of this recording, there are 66 episodes available on the Webtoon app for free, with new episodes updating every Thursday. For those who upgrade the FastPass, there are currently 74 episodes available. And then for those reading, you don't need me to tell you that it's a fantastic and heartfelt series featuring fan-favorite members of the Bat family, as well as surprise appearances. Um, right off the bat, welcome to the Batman universe. Um, it's great to have you join us. I'm excited. You know, how are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. I am, you know, any opportunity I have to talk about Batman, I'm so excited. So this is going to be fun. Fantastic. I am looking forward to it. And, you know, I know we just were brief- briefly mentioning before recording, but um, you know, this series is honestly, it's great, you know, and I love how you strike this fantastic balance between humor and heart, you know, and it's, it's definitely a series that's refreshing and stands apart from a lot of, you know, Batman comics in general and, you know, current Batman appearances in like in, you know, the print books. So my first question leading into it would be, you know, how do you keep the tone consistent and how do you know when you've struck the right note when you're penning these? 
Uh, that's a good question. Uh, first of all, I have to give a shout out to our amazing team because they're part of how all of this magic happens. And I think a lot of how the tone comes across and how both those moments, you know, of humor and heart, as you said, come across a lot of the times does come down to the expressions on the face or the way that the comic is colored, even the background details, all that kind of stuff plays into it. Uh, so it's very much a collaborative effort. But from a script writing perspective, I'm really just looking for human moments. I mean, things that anyone in theory could experience, but are heightened by the fact that, you know, a lot of these are teenagers or some of them are even younger than teens and they are highly trained vigilantes, black ops skills. Um, and so I'm just looking for those moments where it's like, this is funny, but now it's even funnier because they all know how to, you know, hack each other's laptops or uh, can get into a fist fight over this and show off amazing martial arts skills and things like that. So um, just finding those balance of things that are what's real and what can we take to this new level because of who the Bat family is. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things, you know, you talk about like the relatability of everything in those human moments, you know, in the past, you know, I guess we'll say season and a half now, just, but you've covered this wide range of like topics, you know, from like, you know, kind of like normal school age things or like sibling things to, you know, family dynamics to like relationships and slice of life issues to dealing with, you know, some of your heavier, heavier topics of like trauma. So how do you and the team, you know, choose these topics or, and, and how do you approach tackling them, you know, once they're on the table? Yeah. Um, for the more personal character arcs that we have been doing, like you said, we have tackled some pretty heavy issues for, for a slice of life humor comic. Um, really what we're looking for when we start to write those is okay what's an issue first of all that is something anyone might go through and then we want to make sure that it's also deeply personal to these characters because they have such rich backstories every single one of them that we want to make sure that if we're going to tackle an issue it is something that is relevant to that character we're not just picking something at random and then as we dive into it we are looking at taking definitely a real approach to it is, you know, we want to treat them as if they are real people and how might that look if they were experiencing something like this uh, with the added lens of then you have to bring in the superhero stuff that sort of shades on top of it, balancing these dual identities and um, things that they may have learned or experienced in the past that might either be helping or hindering them in working through this issue. So there's a lot of layers to it. And we often are going through, you know, several rounds of just the script, just getting input on it, um, making sure that we are being really sensitive to these issues if we are covering something serious um, and just trying to just be as compassionate as possible when we approach things like this. Well, I mean, that really carries through, you know, there was some, you know, the, the one that always jumps to mind 
Granted, I just I just did a refresher and I went through all of them within the last oh, wow. few days. So, um, but it stuck with me the first time was the, uh, and I think it's because you know the way you handled it, you know it was it was something that like you know in in like the actual print like comic book world like you might hear comic fans you know kind of grown at the idea of like Jason Todd's background you know with the whole Joker thing, but the way it was handled in, you know, Wayne family adventures was, it was, it, it was very new and fresh. And it felt like, you know, it was coming at it from this different perspective with, you know, Batman's interaction, you know, with Jason in that scene, just, you know, it was very, very much full of heart. And I think, you know, something you mentioned earlier, the relatability, it kind of took that out of, you know, the comic world a little bit into something that's more of a, I guess everyone can gravitate around with their own issues. Yeah. I think something that we see a lot of the times in comics is when the heroes go through these big events or things that are um, difficult for them. It's often a very isolating incident um, and it is used to drive the story forward as a way for you know them as a hero to overcome this thing to reach their goal but from the very beginning we knew we were writing a family centered comic it's all about their relationships and so immediately when we're looking at things like Jason's backstory and how he might be handling that in the present day in the context of obviously they have pretty tight family dynamics in this comic um this thing that might have been an isolating incident if we were looking at it from a, you know, heroic journey perspective now becomes a relationship centered story. And so it's, we get to look at what happens if, you know, Jason has a panic attack and his family's right there. What do they do? Do they know what to do? Do they know how to help him? Um, What does he need from them? What does he need to recover? And um, so things like that really change the whole tone of the story because the focus of it is different right from the very beginning. Uh, I'm really proud of how that arc in particular turned out. Um, I think it just from start to finish was a really beautiful and challenging comic to write. Uh, I know we went through multiple drafts of that one just to make sure the pieces came together the way we wanted them to. Um, and it was, uh, a really just rewarding experience to see that and be able to tell that story, uh, in a way that, you know, so often poor Jason is the black sheep of the family. Um, and so it was nice to get to see him be with his family in that moment that he needed them, um, because that's always so rewarding when we get that in the comics. I personally love seeing that in the comics when, uh, you know, there are things that drive the Bat family apart and then all of a sudden they come back together and they work together. And I always love that. So it was, it was nice to be able to bring that back in. Yeah. And it was, I mean, you could tell it was very well handled, you know, reading it. It's, you know, just so, you know, for, how much space you know you guys have per issue it was very well done um <clears throat> you know it comes to since it, you know it is a family centric book and you have so many characters do you guys have 
a guidebook or kind of any sort of, you know, reference that you share to, to keep the characters placed. Cause it's kind of like, you know, it, it feels like on webtoon that's their own canon. Like there are some things that like everybody knows, but there are also, you know, each character is on a journey at a different space than, you know, people coming off of comic books might be mm-hmm. anticipating them at. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think that sort of started way back in the beginning as we were figuring out all the pieces of this, we had a couple meetings and we were sitting down and trying to figure out, okay, what version of the characters are we going to use? Um, you know, just there's, which there were so many details in that decision because each character has multiple superhero identities within those identities. They might have slightly different versions of themselves, different costumes and whatnot. So um, we had a lot of meetings where we were sitting down. We're just, okay, at what point in their lives are all members of the Bat family? And we definitely decided to um, skew them a little bit younger just because we wanted a lot of stories about growth and family and those sibling dynamics. Uh, and that's easier to have when more people are in one place and can interact with each other rather than sort of off doing their own thing, running their own lives. As a lot of them do in the comics, they all have, you know, their individual books, um, which are really fun. I love reading them, but for this one, we needed everybody together. So we created some reference material, um, you know, fully with DC in the loop, coming to them with questions. Can we do this? Can we have this person? I remember a big one for me when we were starting, because this was 2021 and Alfred had just died in the main continuity spoilers. I'm so sorry, anybody who does not know that. (laughs) Um, It's been a a little while, but he had just died and we're putting this together and I'm asking our producer, Susan, you know, can we have Alfred? Because he's, you know, central to the Bat family. Uh, And DC came back immediately and said, yes, yes, you can have Alfred, please. (laughs) Uh, So just figuring out all those pieces um, was definitely an an interesting process because there was a lot to consider. But we were we were looking for those moments of, okay, we want them to be in a place in their lives where they can grow and they can they can make mistakes and learn from them. and it's not just growth in their roles as superheroes, but also their growth just as people out in the world. And that's what informed a lot of the decisions we were making. Cool. And that it's it's interesting you bring up Alfred, actually. I'm going to <laughs> jump ahead because I had Alfred and uh, Batman, both those characterizations as their own little uh, list on my question or group of Ah, my doc of questions here. <laughs> um, just because I, you know, Alfred is very much like kind of comes across as like the cohesive element throughout the whole thing, which I mean, I feel like is a lot of people's interpretation of the character and how they see him. But I love um, how that plays off against, you know, Batman or mm-hmm. say Bruce Wayne. And what you've done with Bruce Wayne is, you know, I like that he's more of a lighthearted paternal figure, you know, which is something we might've seen more of years ago and in the current comics canon, it's it's less of a thing, but you know, 
I guess, how did you guys approach crafting, you know, Alfred and Bruce? Because they both have that cohesive element, but, you know, Bruce obviously is inept at tying a tie and working in the kitchen, but he has this great fatherly, you know, role he seems to be growing into, you know, whereas Alfred is kind of a little more straight laced, but I hesitate to say that because he has a lot of his <laughs> moments of humor too, that very, very dry humor, but. Yes. Um, I think when we were looking at that, it was sort of, there are sort of two different stories to tell there. And one is the relationship between Alfred and Bruce and how in the comics, uh, Alfred was just such a studying presence for Bruce after you know his parents died um growing up and then as he comes back into batman and he's bringing i'm sure a lot of things that alfred disapproved of back into his life it's like okay you, you just came back to gotham and now you want to dress up as a bat and go fight crime this is what you choose to do i'm sure that gave alfred some pause um so exploring that relationship i definitely wanted to have that feel of a little bit father son there because I think Alfred really did step up for Bruce as a father figure and has that sort of warm, steady presence in his life of guiding him when he needs help in however he needs help. And then I see that, especially in this comic, because we're so family centric trickling down from Bruce to his kids where obviously Bruce is himself healing from a lot of trauma from his childhood. And now he has all of these kids. And I think personally that relationship, why I call them the bat family and not just Batman's team, you know, those relationships are built on love absolutely from the ground up. And I think that's true in the comics as well that you know that's the reason Bruce takes in Dick Grayson in the very beginning is that he sees this kid and he sees himself in this kid and he doesn't want him to feel the same way that he felt and that's an act of love in and of itself right there in the very beginning and so Bruce obviously has a lot of learning to do personally and I like that we get to tell stories of growth for Bruce because you know doesn't matter what age you are, you're always learning new things, you're always making mistakes and trying to grow from them. And so I love that we can tell that in the context of Bruce with his children of, you know, he's kind of got the Batman thing down, but he's still working out the kinks for this father thing, even though, you know, he's got about nine children at that point. (laughs) Um, And so having Alfred there behind him, just to give him encouragement and say, you know, you got this. It's okay that you're not perfect all the time, even though Bruce is the definition of a perfectionist, having someone to remind him it's okay. uh, I think it's just really lovely. And obviously Alfred's relationship with the Bat family goes far beyond Bruce. He's such a wonderful presence and mentor for all of the kids. And it was really important you know, as I was saying earlier, to have him because of that role that he plays for all of them. One of the things I love that, you know, you did with Alfred specifically, well, and I guess Bruce at the same time, because they're both in the same issue, but there's an issue where Alfred is visiting some friends and it turns out it's 
Clark Kent's adopted parents. <laughs> and yeah. I love that because you kind of see like the difference there where in that one, you know, Bruce and Clark are very much like big kids in their own right. You know, they're, they're still, they still have traits of, you know, they've been carrying with them seemingly their whole life. And here's Alfred and, and the Kents. And that's something admittedly I haven't seen before. Like those two parties hanging out. I mean, obviously Superman and Batman, that's a classic, but you know, the Kents and Alfred is just, it was just a very wonderful issue to read. And I, you know, I really appreciated that. <laughs> yeah. I think it's probably a headcanon on my part, but I just love the idea that after Bruce started coming home and he's like, Oh, there's this alien out there and I got to learn more about him. And as they sort of, Bruce was developing that relationship with Clark, that Alfred was also sort of on the slide, developing that relationship with Ma and Pa Kent, you know, encouraging. They're like, okay, we're going to figure out how our kids are going to hang out and they're going to be friends with each other. And can you let me know if Bruce ends up crashing at your place after they're done fighting Darkseid or should Clark come over here? Just coordinating all those little things behind the scenes. I fully believe that is something that Alfred would do looking out for Bruce and vice versa. Clark's parents would do for him uh, just because they are those kinds of caring people. And why wouldn't they have each other's phone numbers on speed dial when they know (laughs) that their sons are out there fighting all the evils in the world and they need some updates. (laughs) Yeah, it was, that's, it was so much fun to read. Um, You know, do you have other than the ones we've mentioned, do you have any, you know, favorite issues of yours that are really kind of near and dear Ooh, um, definitely. Yes. Uh, I think, yeah, a last cookie is definitely that's episode two of season one. Um, that one is definitely up there for me because that was actually the first script that I ever submitted. So that one just has a special place in in my heart. Um, I also really love recovery, um, which is the episode where Bruce has an injury and Mm it sort of roles are reversed where instead of the parent is trying to keep the kids from sneaking out, all the kids are trying to keep Bruce from sneaking out. And uh, I love that one because it's, it was a perfect example of sometimes I write something on a page and I hand it over to Starbite and he just, it feels like he pulled it from my head and just gets it exactly as I was picturing it in the panel. And the ending of that comic where Jason is standing there with the tire iron and all the tires in the Batcave are gone. That was, it was just exactly how I pictured it. And I just, it made me so happy to have that one come back and just, yes, like that was what I wanted. Um, So I, I I really love that episode. Uh, And then there's one that came out uh, pretty recently. Um, no doors allowed. That was, I think, one of the last ones that just came out from uh, behind the paywall. Uh, that I I really love because Jason and Cass as Chaos Twins is just beautiful. Uh, so that one was fun to write. You know, you mentioned you know when you pass the script off. Can you, you know, when it comes to creating a new issue, can you walk us through kind of the behind the scenes details on, you know, your process with Starbite and the creative team? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, 
starts with me. I write the script. We work on that. Usually sometimes there's a couple drafts. Sometimes if a lot of the times with the humor ones, we're like, okay, we got this one. Like, let's move forward with it. And then from there it goes to Starbite uh, or Toby, depending on who is doing the inks for that episode. And that's where we get to see the drawings of the characters uh, with no colors at that point, but sort of all of the big things in the foreground that are coming in. And there might be some notes that go on there if, you know, we've changed some things in the script or it's not quite what we were looking for, but most of the time it comes back and we look at it and go, yep, hundred percent. That was it. Nailed it. Uh, and then from there, we we get some layers coming in. Uh, the colors come in next. And I was, I was new to comics creation and I was astounded how much of a difference it makes to the tone of the comics, seeing the colors come into it. Um, because just, you know, muted tones versus more vibrant tones changes everything about how it can be read. So that was really cool to see that process. And then we get backgrounds coming in after that um, and lettering that comes in at the very end. And something that I love, gosh, I love this part of the process is seeing it come in layer by layer and then getting to see the finished product that's when I start to notice all of the Easter eggs that every other member of the team has started putting into the comic that are not necessarily things that are in the script. They're just, I think I'm going to add, you know, I think, you know, when we were doing Jason's apartment in one episode, they put a Batmobile tire in the background, um, which was just beautiful when I noticed it for the first time. And things like that, where they just, there's always just a little something extra in the background that I hadn't seen before when I finally get to see the finished product. So that's such a cool process of watching it just be built piece by piece by piece and seeing gosh, all the love and skill that goes into that because, oh my gosh, these people are so talented. It is incredible. I love getting to work with them. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's amazing, you know, seeing the final product and everything and those, those references and little Easter eggs. And you could, you could really kind of get a glean too for people's influences too. You know, I've noticed yeah. in there. I got excited when I saw, I can't remember what episode it was in, but there was an 89 Batmobile and I was like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so much history in Batman's and we all, you know, we all love Batman and we all love different parts of Batman. So it's fun to get to see everybody's little like fun things from canon pop in <laughs> you know and and something i wanted to circle back to you know now that you know we talked about you know the you know it's it's a family book you know and it's like a family you know unit and everything kind of comes back to that you know you mentioned it earlier coming back to family you know one of the things you know, and, and this might be me reading or revealing my hand by reading too much into things, but I don't think so, is this idea of, you know, it comes back to again and again, a lot of stories, this idea of not forging ahead alone and shouldering the burden, you know, and it's been in stories about Batman, Batgirl, Bluebird, you know, and other characters, you know, it's this, and it's this idea of not taking the world on, on all by yourself and allowing yourself to trust others, which is, you know, for a lot of people difficult to do and probably more so for members of the Bat family, you know, based on their histories, you know, and it feels both, 
timeless and timely and it's like this through line throughout both seasons you know and i'm assuming that was intentional and that's something that's like constantly on the forefront is this difference of you know doing things alone versus trying to connect and and struggling to rely on each other when your instincts might not be so yes uh absolutely very intentional on our part um of a sort of unwritten rule that I set for myself when I was writing season one and have carried into season two is that I didn't want any of the characters solving problems alone. There had to be at least one other person in there with them, helping them figure things out. Because I think that that is really true to real life that very rarely are we in situations where We are, you know, in a silo, in a vacuum, and we only have ourselves to rely on. And a lot of the times, either, you know, directly or indirectly, there are outside influences that make a difference in how we respond to things or approach things, or even in how we react to failure and learn from our mistakes. So it was very intentional because we knew that so many of these stories were going to be relationship centered. I was making a very intentional effort to always have another member of the Bat family present for helping to solve things, even if it's just to be an ear to listen. Um, and I do think that's important because uh, a lot of the solo books that we see in DC, a lot of the times, because they are solo books, they are the characters solving things alone. And I do, I love those stories. I love to see, you know, how is Batman going to come back from this and make everything work? How is he going to do it? But because, you know, it's Wayne family adventures, it's not just about Batman. uh, We really wanted to make sure that it was a, it was about family. It was about them leaning on each other, even when that was hard to do. It's hard to sometimes admit that you've done something wrong or that you have insecurities or there's a problem that you can't solve. But they have such strong relationships with each other in the in canon, in the comics, going back years and years and years. And so being able to lean into that has been uh really amazing. And I've loved, that's one of my favorite parts about writing these is figuring out how all these relationships fit together. Well, it's fantastic. It's, you know, as I really enjoyed reading that and I love that aspect to it. And it's kind of endeared me to the series seeing that because, you know, in the, in the comic side of things, one of my favorite more recent runs was James Tynan's run on detective comics, which was very much the family book as opposed mm-hmm. to a lot of the solo adventures. And so this, yeah. you know, really hits that groove for me where it's, you know, because I, I do think it's harder, you know, when you have to rely on people or open up and be, you know, vulnerable about, yeah, you know, issues. So it is, you know, very much appreciated. And I know we're fans of the series at the Batman universe. Um you know, and speaking of fans, you know, it seems like online it's, you know, kind of well-loved and well-received, you know, and it looks like it's striking an emotional chord with a lot of readers, you know, and as a writer, you know, are you paying attention to those things? You know, is 
are you having reactions to that? Are you, you know, following any buzz? Um, yes and no, I guess. I remember being, <laughs> I remember being extraordinarily nervous, uh, as the release date for season one was coming out because I couldn't decide what was going to be worse. If, people read it and responded to it or if no one read it at all. And I was so nervous. I didn't know which was, you know, you know, in my wild imaginings. Um, and so seeing this comment get such an incredible response has been, um, I honestly don't have the words for it. It's been, it's, it's been amazing. And I, you know, this was absolutely through and through for every member of this team, a labor of love. And we wanted to create something for fans who who have you know I know I personally have been wanting to see something like this for years where we just get small moments with the bat family uh alongside all the amazing stuff that's already happening in the comics where they get to go out and fight as superheroes so that has been extremely gratifying to see people respond um and show their love for the comic because as I said, you know, it, it's it's just it's coming from a place of love from all of us. I don't really follow, you know, day to day conversations on the internet or really look at comments or anything. It makes me too nervous <laughs> to look at comments. Um, so mostly not paying too much attention to that or trying not to. Sometimes I I fail, but um, yeah, it's I I so yes, I guess the answer is yes and no <laughs> to that question. <laughs> Are there any, you know, stories coming up up or on the cusp of being released that you're excited for fans to react to? Are there any ones that stand out that you could spill a little on? <laughs> I can't say much. Um, <laughs> I will say there will be some more cameos that I'm excited for. Um, that I think one of the great things. But about working with DC is, you know, they have a huge roster of characters and every time we've gone to them and asked, Hey, can we use this person? They have come back and said, yes, go for it. You know, even if they weren't a character who's, you know, in the bat family or associated with the bat family. So that's really cool. So we'll have some more cameos coming up and, uh, we're going to be continuing with the more personal arcs as well. And those are, I think the most rewarding, but also the most challenging arcs to write. So I'm, I'm excited. There's, there's some in the works that I'm pretty excited for, but that's really all I can say about it. <laughs> um, and are there any dream characters you'd love to write someday? You know, whether that be in, an unannounced, you know, Wayne family adventures continuation or another project or. Ooh. Um, I've always been a huge fan of the Teen Titans. Um, just absolutely love the Teen Titans. So getting to write some of those characters, Raven, Starfire, Beast Boy, Cyborg, all those guys. Um, I think that would be pretty amazing. I truly, those characters are so fun. And I love that their, their relationship with depending on you know who their robin is all the different robins um which is really fun too <laughs> that would be fun um do you have a favorite character you're currently writing like out of the bat family is there one that you holds an extra special place 
That is the meanest question. How dare you ask <laughs> that? Um, making me choose one. I I really struggle with this question um, because you know I have you know friends have asked me that before, uh, and I. I'll name a character and then I'll be like, oh, no, wait, but actually this other one's really cool. Oh, but then this person does this really cool thing and I love that. So I go back and forth all the time. I I know this sounds cliche, but I can't, I cannot choose one. <laughs> um, they're all, I, it's because they're all so, they're all so different. Like they all have these amazing backstories and histories and and things that they do that none of the others do and so it's it's really hard for me it's hard for me to choose one I'm sorry no I think that's a fair answer because actually I was I asked you that question and then I was thinking well if I was on the other side of this how would I answer that and then I was thinking well I mean I can relate to like you know maybe Tim Drake on this one aspect but then I really you know can relate in this other arena or then there's like you know, a fan favorite for um, Ian, who does the reviews on the site, he is a big Stephanie Brown fan. That is like nice. anything with stuff like he is there. But, yep. you know, and then I was thinking like, she's so fun in Wayne Family Adventures. Like she's, you know, I I like stuff. I haven't read as much as Ian has, but like reading Wayne Family Adventures, I'm like, man, stuff is awesome. So, but yeah, yeah I, could, <laughs> I could see that though. Like it's just, there's you know, so many different parts of each character that you might, you know, feel connected to in, you know, more ways than one. Yeah, it's, uh, it's always really fun, because I'll write, you know, one episode that's really centered on, you know, let's say, Tim Drake, and I'll get really, you know, dive really into that. And then the next episode is going to be about, Jason or Cass or whoever, and then I dive really deep into that one. So it's hard for me to just choose one of them to love because it's there. They all have, I think, yeah, as you said, they, there's just aspects of each of them that are so relatable, and it's it's hard to just separate those out and say just the one. <laughs> you know, as as a writer too, I wanted to ask, you know, how long you know you've been writing and what kind of inspirations and works, you know, do you feel have been influential, influential on your style, you know, as you, you know, been working? Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a good question. Um, I think just in terms of inspiration for episodes, I am just, I read so many comics and reread so many comics um, because I think one of the amazing things about, working in the Batman universe is that there's so much material that so many great minds have already created. And there's a lot there that, you know, we can look at and say, you know, I want to see more of that, or I want to explore that in a different way. Uh, and, and just a lot of reading, just a wide range of Batman and Bat family books. Um, it, there's a lot of where our episode ideas come from. Um, I think a really good example of that is uh, in, I think it's the Batman and Robin run. That's where we get to see for like two panels, like a redheaded Jason Todd reading Pride and Prejudice in a prison yard. And I read that comic, you know, years ago, long before I started writing for this. And 
that stuck with me. You know, there's really no attention that's drawn to the fact that he's reading Pride and Prejudice. You can see the book title, but nobody really talks about it in the comic. And so, you know, we're writing season one and I'm writing an episode about how Damien's hunting for blackmail about people. And that's what pops up for me. It's like, you know, <laughs> let's see where we can, what we can do with this, this little piece there. So I definitely just feel that I've been pretty heavily influenced by a lot of the comics, uh, canon or things that were canon. You know, the DC timeline is a little fluid um, that have, has come before me because there's just there's so much there and there's so much wonderful, there's so many wonderful things there to pull from. So I definitely have not been hurting for inspiration. Nice. And I will say Pride and Prejudice is a good book. I have It's an amazing book. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we covered a lot of ground too. I was going to ask you about the cameos, but we already covered that. I'm glad to hear <laughs> that there are more coming because I had a lot of fun with the ones that are in there, even like surprise cameos. Like, you know, the Justice League, they showed up a few times. I love that. Mm-hmm. And obviously Catwoman, Harley Quinn and Scarecrow, but Zatanna and Copperhead were fun ones that I really yeah. appreciate seeing that among others, but yeah, I, uh, for Copperhead, that was one where I was sitting there. I was like, which villain do I want crashing into this magic show? And I was like, let's, let's choose someone that we don't see a lot. So Copperhead is the one who made the cut. <laughs> and then this, okay. So I have two more questions and then we'll wrap it up. Um, cause I know we're running tight on time. Yeah. The first one's the easy one. How many episodes can we anticipate in season two of Wayne family ventures? I don't know if I can get into specifics. Uh, there are still quite a few episodes that are going to be coming out. Um, so there's, there's going to be a lot more content. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. And then, you know, when you're mentioning reading a lot of, uh, Batman universe books and, you know, works with different characters, you know, what are some solid reads that you would love to share with our Batman listeners? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, you know, first of all, I got to say it all depends on what kinds of stories you love to read, because, you know, if you love detective stories, you're going to find some of those in Batman. If you love something dark and gritty and moody, you'll find those too. If you love stuff that's more lighthearted, it's all there. So um, I have to preface with that because everybody loves different things and they they definitely can find all of those. Personally, um, I am a big fan of detective Batman stories. I love long Halloween. Uh, I really love hush as well. Uh, That's a great story. Um, I, truly adore the Batgirl run by uh, Kelly Puckett. Great read. That's cast as Batgirl. It's awesome. Um, Huge fan of the Teen Titans. I'll read pretty much anything that comes out with Teen Titans. Uh, And some of the current books are amazing. Uh, There's a Batgirls run right now with cast and stuff as Batgirls together, which has been so fun. And there's just so much humor laced throughout that one. Uh, the current Nightwing run, having a great time with that as well. I love uh, his dog. Haley is just so cute. <laughs> uh, just everything that's going on there. It's been really good. Um, 
so yeah, there's, there's a, there's a lot of good reads out there. Uh, and I think, you know, when I was first starting to read comics, one of the best things that somebody told me was, you know, you're, you're not going to love everything that everyone else loves. And that's okay. You know, you'll keep reading, you'll find stories that work for you that you love. And I think that's just so true. There's, there's so much wonderful Batman content out there and Bat family content, and everybody can find something that works for what they're looking for. There's a Bat family for everybody. There is. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I wanted to say thank you for joining me on the Batman Universe podcast. It's been fun. Yeah, thank you so much for having me again. This has been a blast. Thank you. Um, and for listeners, you can find Batman Wayne Family Ventures on the Webtoon app with new episodes dropping every Thursday. Um, for more podcast episodes like this one, as well as reviews of both regular comic issues and Wayne Family Adventures episodes by my colleagues, check out thebatmanuniverse.net. And thanks again for listening. Hopefully you guys enjoyed that latest interview from the Batman Universe. Uh, thank you to CRC Payne. Um, as well as uh, Webtoon for helping arrange this interview so that we guys, so that you guys could hear uh, them talk about this awesome project that has been going on for quite some time that hopefully you guys are checking out. So be sure to check it out over at Webtoon. Uh, with all that being said, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Batman Universe podcast. I want to encourage you guys to head over to our website, thebatmanuniverse.net, for all kinds of news, original content, editorials, reviews, other podcasts, all related to the Bat family and other aspects of the the, the the fandom, including movies, television, video games, merchandise, and everything else, uh, as well as the comics, most importantly. Um, outside of that, you can find us on social media. We're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, uh, Discord, YouTube, all over the place. All of our social links can be found at the top of the website uh, over at thebabbingoverse.net. If you are listening to this podcast and you'd like to send us a comment, uh, feel free to leave the comment wherever you're listening to this because it does come back to us. You can also email us at tbu at thebabbingoverse.net. If you're interested in supporting us in any way, shape, or form, there are links in the episode description as well as over on YouTube and you could just head over to our website and look for the support TBU spot on the homepage. With all that being said, thank you so much again to Scott for performing this interview and we will see you guys next time. Mm-hmm.